Hi, I'm Terry, Instagram's sassy sober mum. Welcome to my podcast, Sober Stories from Everyday People, bringing you stories from people just like you and I. The aim of this podcast is to share our experiences with drinking and how we got and stayed successfully sober. and welcome to this week's Sober Stories from Everyday People. Today I'm joined by Jackie from Norwich. Jackie's been sober for eight years, which is amazing. So far it's the longest we've had on this show. So So Jackie, can you tell us a little bit about yourself um, so that we can get to know you? Yeah, of course. Yeah, Um, I'm 57 years old. I live in Norwich. I've lived here for a year, moved up from Hertfordshire, um, although I originally did come um, from Norfolk. My parents were here uh, and I came back with my husband to support my mum and dad. Sadly, my dad died um, at the end of last year, just after Christmas, so not a good time. But yes, so here, supporting my mum as best I can because she's a challenge, but there we are, often parents are. Um, I have three children and my husband, who I've been with for a long, long time, he has two, so we've got a blended family of five, one girl, the eldest, and four boys, ranging from 27 right the way down to 17. So, yeah, they they visit us a bit, but not as much as when we were in Hertfordshire. They were spread all over and they'd come and see us, but not as much. Um, I'm a trained psychiatric nurse and I'm also um, a teacher. I've worked in psychiatry since 1985, um, travelled, went to Australia, lived in Australia, worked in Australia, came back, lived in London, met my first husband, worked as a community psychiatric nurse for 15 years, had my children, stayed in Hertfordshire, got divorced, ended up in the family home and he left. So I'm in, I'm in Hertfordshire in Stevenage um, with the kids and wanted that stability. Um, and then met my husband now. He wasn't my husband then, obviously, but then met him and we got married in 2011. Um, and then kind of decided should we retire now that what does that look like what should we do should we come to Norwich we'd always have our summer holidays here so that worked so came up um yeah we've we've been in this house nearly a year but we I started about a year ago in the job I'm doing now which is back at the hospital I trained in because that's full circle yeah. and that's a real that's a real journey and a real eye-opener for me uh, and I work in um, kind of education supporting learners um, across the trust so yeah it's that that's a synopsis really of me yeah and so what role did alcohol play in your life sort of from the beginning yeah um it it was probably the crutch that would help me become more me I'm quite a introverted person and I always remember some kind of teachers and and then as I went on to do my nurse training they'd say you're quietly confident Jackie you need to come out of yourself a little bit more and of course when not of course but for me when I used to drink initially I would come out of myself I would get as my friends would say little too Larry um I'd make a show of myself be embarrassed um fall over yeah, generally, and I'm not a big person, I'm about five foot four, so, you know, it wasn't ever really a good look. <laughs> so it, it it was something that I used that I didn't particularly like the taste of, but felt it enabled me to be not even part of a gang, but enabled me to feel more confident and able to, I don't know, be be chatty, be able to talk to people, be less introvert, I suppose. Um, I come from a family of alcoholics. My dad was a a social drinker, 
but would binge drink. Now, at the time, I was a kid, I didn't know, and I'm not sure binge drinking was a thing. Um, But he would drink in the evenings after work and then at the weekends. It was was a time in the 70s and and into the early 80s when it was kind of like they'd have parties um, and they'd be drinking and he would be so drunk he would slide down the banister. And I've got a clear image of when I was a kid of him sliding down the banister. His mum never drank. I think she had her first drink in a pub, a Duboni in Lemon or something when she was in her 60s because her dad, i.e. my great-granddad, my dad's granddad was um, an alcoholic, full-fledged, proper alcoholic. He was um, a landed gentry, had lots of money, had servants, had the manor house um, in a rural village in Norfolk, was the talk of the village in that he then drank and gambled the lot away. When my nan was born, she was the youngest of 11. They had to move because they had no money and no home anymore. They had to move to kind of the the pigman's cottage or the pig person's cottage um, in another village. And from that day forth, she always vowed she would never drink because look what it had done to her family. So I was always aware that there was this predisposition for alcohol, alcohol-related problems. I've even done very recently in the last year, it was a gift, I did a DNA test and it came back that I have susceptibility to every type of, of addiction there is, cocaine, heroin, the lot, I'm, I'm higher up the scale or whatever that looks like. And it didn't surprise me at all. I've not tried any of those. Alcohol was always my drug of choice, as they say. But I knew as I got older that actually it wasn't okay, that actually I could slip in to drinking too much. I know when I was in Australia, lots of people there were what I would consider heavy drinking. They would drink, I can't say all day, every day, but a a lot, and I would try and keep up I would try and make sure I could win a tequila slamming competition and I did I mean I'm not I'm five foot four I'm not a very big person so that took some doing and I reflect on that and think what Mm. How, how did I do that I think I then keeled over and vomited and was ill for a week so it's that that I've I've got to I'm going to commit to this and I'm going to not become an alcoholic. I don't think I even thought about it like that, but I'm going to drink. And then every so often I would think to myself, this isn't a good look. I put on weight because I would drink lots of beer when I was in Australia. And so when I came back, I came off the beer and went on to sparkling Australian wine. If I couldn't have champagne, which I couldn't afford, I'd have the sparkling rosé or the sparkling white wine. And that was then my drink of choice, in inverted commas. If it was Moe, great, fabulous. If if someone would buy me some or I'd have the money or it was a gift or I'd I'd have champagne, Uh, dry champagne, and I'll have the bottle, please. And if anyone else wanted some, you can have some at a bush, but get your own. Um, I'm having this one. So, yeah, it, it, yeah. And then as I got, I know as I got older and leading up to me stopping, and I, I've still got photos on my phone of this picture of me. I'm sat in my parents' toilet. It was the summer of 2014. It was, it was kind of August time and we'd come up to Norfolk for a holiday and I've got a hat on. And I've got my son on my lap, who was probably about 11. And he's laughing. And I am clearly, absolutely, totally drunk. And I remember, I think Andy, that's my my husband, and someone else said something about drinking. And I kind of thought, I don't know why I'm doing it, because I don't like it and I don't like the taste of it. And I don't I don't like how it makes me feel. I feel ill all the time. And I'd actually had some surgery. So I 
had gone off the taste of it all the more because of the surgery. It was gynae surgery and it would just, and I thought, let's see how I go with, let's just not have a drink. Let's try. Um, and quite quickly, probably within a month, thought, I almost became like a born again, that's it. No more ever again. How can people drink? I'd gone one extreme to the other. Wow. Yeah. How how can how can I ever have drunk? How wow, what does what does that feel like? And at that point, I, I remember reflecting with my with my dad as he was getting older. He said something about, oh, you're gonna, you know, well, my mum would open a bottle of wine and he was, I mean, he died when he was 91. He was starting and he'd say, oh, I, I fancy his, his drink of choice, in inverted commas, was always a whiskey. And he started to go off the taste of it. I think as he got older and he, he sadly had um, dementia, I think he forgot he liked it. And so he'd go, oh, that's burning and that's nasty. And then he remembered that his mum, this is interesting, his mum had given it to him to make him sick when he was a little kid. If he was feeling going like, oh, I've got a tummy ache, mum, she'd go here and he'd be sick. So I think there's this symbolicness of he went off it almost like at the same time as I went off it and this this kind of journey that he'd been on. He forgot he liked it because he got dementia and I was like, yeah, don't bother, Dad. Have a have a cup of tea. So I'm I'm a, I'm a tea fiend anyway, and it would be, oh, you're going to have a cup of tea. Yeah, I'll have a cup of tea. Mm. And my mum kept going with, this is your favourite, Jackie, the the fizzy Australian wine. I go, not anymore, Mum. It really isn't. I can't drink it. It makes me feel ill. I don't like the taste of it. And really, I think if I'm honest, I've never liked the taste of it. I just had told myself I liked the taste of it. Isn't isn't that fascinating? Uh, that you got to, so 2014, uh-huh. and you just suddenly decided that that was enough. What Would you say that throughout your sort of drinking career, that there were a series of those sorts of moments, or did it just yes. suddenly? Yes. yes. No, I think I'd, I'd been to a friend's party 2006. 2007 so a good few years before that um and I had got myself again lots of people there I didn't know and I felt I think anxious but I didn't acknowledge I felt anxious about being there and I started drinking in the afternoon as we were we were prepping the the house for the party and almost before anyone else had arrived, I was drunk. Mm. And it was kind of like, oh, okay, people were looking at me. I can remember that. And I felt ashamed. And I hid in the loo for probably a couple of hours on and off. I don't mean I sat in there for two hours because people would go, where's she gone? But I was even aware that I'd have to, oh, yeah, hi. And I started on long drinks saying oh yeah there's low there's there's whatever it was vodka or whatever I don't never drank vodka um whatever I said gin or something yeah yeah there's a big old gin there Jackie said oh yeah good old Jackie's and it was fizzy water because I knew I was going to make a spectacle of myself or fall over or vomit on the birthday cake or something Mm. because it wasn't my party and yeah I was a family friend but I wasn't What's the word? It wouldn't have been okay to do that. There was an undercurrent of this is not okay. And that was one of the times where I just thought I'm kind of here like this swinging around. I bought a pretty dress and I'm kind of, let's just go to the loo, have more of that water. And I kind of drank myself sober. Yeah, that, that kind of, that, isn't okay and I did kind of think to myself I need to if I'm going to drink not don't drink that much if that makes sense oh definitely yeah definitely don't don't drink to the level where it's not even the day after people are rolling their eyes I kind of felt that was happening already and ashamed and embarrassed and what's happening here and 
asking myself while I was in the loo drinking what they thought was alcohol, which is a fizzy water. Why am what's going on here? Why am I doing this? How do I feel about this? Do I want to go home? Yes, I do want to go home. There's no way I can drive. I'm meant to be staying the night. Yeah. And and it, it was about trying to be really extrovert when actually that's not my personality type. I can get on with people, don't get me wrong. I can talk to most people, but I'm not I'm not an extrovert, as in that's me. So it was like, oh, I've got to be. So a few drinks, yeah, life and soul, yeah, what oh, and actually that's not me at all. Yeah. Not at all. If I get in touch with that bit of myself, actually, you know, going and having a glass of wine and sipping at it, why would you do that when you can have the bottle was yeah. my journey. So that yeah. was a big wake-up call in 2007. And I do think when I got back from Australia, it was kind of, right, well, you've done, I was away a long time. I did the Southeast Asia, but I ended up doing lots more than that. And I was away nearly two years and I'm an only child. So my parents hadn't, you know, there was no smartphones. There probably were, but I didn't have one um, in the early 1990s. So it was very much letters and cards. And so they hadn't seen me for two years, oh, but pretty much. And so I realised when I came back that actually I put on weight and I'm, I'm too short to carry weight. So actually I need to stop with the with the beers and the tequila slammers and all of those things and actually slow down a little bit. And you've got you've got to be sensible now because you've got to come back. You've got to get a job. You've got to settle down in inverted commas. And I always remember it was my birthday and a, and a friend said, oh, you're a Moe girl. And they bought me a bottle of Moe. And I'm like, oh, my God, it's against me. Mm. I can't leave it. I've got to drink it. So I drank it. And then that started again. Yeah. That bit of uh, this is who I am. I think yeah. that was what it was. But it becomes your identity, doesn't it? it, it yeah, you, I, you I drank. Identity. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I'm interested how your drinking might have changed or continued when you became a mum. And, and obviously, mm. you, you, you also say you've got a blended family. You know, mm. I, I'm in a blended family situation, slightly different. My husband doesn't, mm. bring, doesn't bring any children into our relationship, but I have two children from a previous relationship and now okay. we have... We have a what they call an hours baby, you know. So yeah, I know what you meant. And, yes. Yeah, and and but you know, um, I mean, families in general uh, create a lot of <laughs> ups and downs. But of then, they do. you know, and 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 for me, part a big part of my story with drink is that I was hoping that having a family would make me slow down my drinking by quite a lot and I was quite surprised that it didn't if anything it got worse um, okay. and I, I, I found that a bit yeah. dis, I found that a bit disappointing <laughs> yes uh, to be honest because I yes. thought it would be a bit of a magic cure and it and it and then and then when I became a single parent that was extremely difficult time you know being the sort of the main carer at the time of, of those children so how how did it work for you Jackie what um I, I, th I think that's an interesting because I I I think I went the reverse then. That was probably a period, that was 2004 when I split and got divorced in 2005. And I didn't drink at all around the children. I didn't, I knew if I did, I'd, I'd end up sliding down the door frame like my yeah. dad. So I kind of went, no, I'm not doing any of that. So if once, once it had settled down, so I probably didn't drink, probably for six months to a year at all, if I'm honest, there would be the occasional one. And then I kind of made some other friends and I started to go out a little bit more and we'd got into a routine of they would go for uh, Friday night um, and then come back Saturday in the evening. So we'd have them for one night and, and a day and, and they'd pick them up from school on Friday. And so I did start to go out with new friends if that makes sense mm -hmm. and I did start to have 
a glass of wine or a glass of fizzy bubbler or a bit of moe or whatever was going on then. And, and so that turned into a bit of, and then I would, my, my 40th birthday, we had a, a huge falling out. I was going to go away, then I couldn't, he wouldn't have them, then he did have them. A whole Anyway, my parents said, look, they'll come up, they had the kids at the house. And I went to stay with a friend. Um, and I don't quite know what happened. I, I mean, a friend of mine has said since it may have been, I went and had one of those spa um, massages and spa days with some friends and then went to another friend's and had a few to drink. I didn't I didn't think I had that much. And even now I don't think I had that much. But either it was the toxins, I don't know. Anyway, I just vomiting and unconscious. So they go out and have a great day and I'm staying at their house. They'd all gone out and left me on my 40th birthday or the day after my 40th birthday, sat on their sofa feeling sorry for myself, thinking this is not a good look. So yeah. again, that was another cathartic bit where actually with the kids I then thought I'm not doing that anymore so did I reduce it yes I think I did if I reflect on it properly and I've never really verbalized that but I do think so that was yeah that was 2004 that I would then kind of go 2005 2006 I met what was going to become my second husband in 2007 so in those three years yes I did drink but I was mindful if I was getting them or they were with me or they weren't with their dad or they were at home, actually to keep a clear head and to do what I needed to do, I had to keep an absolute, I'm not doing it, that mm-hmm. bit about, right, I'm, I, I can't do this because I'll lose touch with what's going on here and I need to keep focused on them. They were, they I felt very vulnerable and I felt they were very vulnerable as well. And and coming home and finding, you know, mum or mummy drunk in the chair or vomiting or whatever is, I couldn't do that. Yeah. Um, it was hard enough for them or I felt it would, it would be hard enough for them. So I didn't drown my sorrows, I suppose. I did, if I got a chance and they were away from me with friends and I did kind of feel, I don't know, feel sorry for myself. I'm not sure that's the right expression because I was quite relieved to have separated and to be getting divorced, if I'm honest. Um, But, yeah, I, I think... And I knew if I was going to be getting up and my littlest was struggling, three when we split up he was struggling I knew if I was going to be getting up in the night I couldn't do that if I was hung over or felt ill or anything like that so I kind of thought let's just not do it yeah um, yeah so that my mind over matter I suppose I was going to say that really listening to your story um, there's a real strength um, in your mind in your approach yeah, um, yeah I, I, I think I have to have a real conversation with myself. And in some ways, I think I've got that from my dad because my dad did have some open conversations about, well, he came, he said, oh, well, I come from a family of of alcoholics, Jackie. And I go, yeah, dad, I know. And I'm your daughter. So Mm. I hadn't thought that through. I love my dad to death. I thought he was fabulous, but he was very narcissistic. So it all had to be about him. So if he'd come from family, if he'd come from a family of alcoholics, then what was the effect on me? He hadn't even gone there. And I was like, back to reality, Dad. I'm your child. I've got genetics, you and mum. So I kind of think I've got that anyway. And I use it in a social setting and he'd just look at me and go, Oh, okay. And back to me. Okay, mm-hmm. Dad, great. Thanks for that. And so I think there's that bit about, and he would say, I've decided I'm not drinking today or I'm not drinking this week and I'll wait. And I think either that rubbed off or that's genetic. I I don't know, but it was. And I think the time I got to 2014 and I'd had the surgeries um, and that sadly had plunged me into the menopause because I 
2007, I'll, I'll be blunt, I had a hysterectomy because I got endometriosis. They didn't diagnose it. And now again, I'm, I'm kind of a generation where you go, oh, that's what it was. They didn't diagnose it. I've always had it and, and had, you know, terrible problems since I was 12. And finally, you know, 2007, when I had that, fabulous, but they left my ovaries. So marvellous, felt the best I'd felt ever gynecologically to be honest with you other than when I was pregnant and then when I had the ovaries I had a, a massive cyst on one of them and she said oh I can you know like they do I can whip them out took them both away in 2014 early 2014 plunged me into menopause this, this could be a whole podcast I could do on this male doctors going oh you think you might want some HRT oh my god and I then didn't like the taste of alcohol. Now, I don't know, is that just me or is that, <laughs> that's a whole other question in the community. And it's, I've, I've never kind of got to the answer of, is that part of it? I would drink and think, oh, that's disgusting. I don't like it. Now, is it because I've, I, I've got my HRT or, or is it because I'm actually coming to the end of my drinking life? Yeah. A bit of both. That's so fascinating, isn't and, it? Yeah, because a couple of people said, oh, Jackie, you you don't need HRT. Just have a, have a beer, go home and have a wine, which culturally, even now when there's a stressy situation at work, and, and I'm now quite candid, possibly because I'm eight years on and feel strong enough, people will say, oh, Friday night, off home and I'll go, and I go like this if we're on team. Yeah, got me tea. Oh, what you got in there? Tea. Oh, great, probably. And they just look at me and I kind of go, I've got to stick with that because that's my... I'll have a cup of tea because, you know, if you, you go to a pub and <laughs> busy water, Diet Coke, <laughs> and that's about it, elderflower, yeah. too full of sugar. <laughs> I'm sure you you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Yeah. I did, I, I had a, we had a celebration at the Ivy and it beautiful restaurant and they do a, amaretto is one of my favourites and they do a non-alcoholic mocktail with amaretto. Now that, I'm sure full of calories and full of sugar, has the taste and I'm there going, in a minute it'll hit, in a minute it'll hit. And I've only done that in the last six months. I haven't ever felt brave enough to have a mocktail before thinking, oh my God, I'll now want the cocktail. Yeah. I was with my daughter and she said, oh mum, that's the alcoholic one. And I I could see the glass going and I'm like, oh, here's mine. It's a mocktail. And, And that was this... Yeah. Kind of in the last six months. And even then, I was looking at her thinking, am I envious or am I not? And actually, once I tried it, it was delicious. They'd made it beautifully. And I thought, shall I buy a bottle of amaretto that is non-alcoholic? And I toyed with it and then thought, no, I'm not going to because... Am I not strong enough? And I'll want it and go... Don't taste the same, so let's. So, in some ways, yeah, I, I kind of uh, uh, the the mocktail thing. Yeah, it. it I, I I'm better with fizzy water, diet coke, mm-hmm. lime and soda, something like that. Having tried the mocktail, I'm glad I tried it because I pushed myself. Um, could I trust myself? I hope so. I hope I could after yeah. eight. But of course, it, it's that bit where it feels a bit I'm, uncomfortable, doesn't it? It, it, that, it did. Yeah. It did. And, and at Christmas, Andy said, "Oh, because it was our anniversary coming. Yeah, it's a year ago. So we 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 had that was the first time I'd had it, and they delivered it so it looked like a cocktail. They did the lot, the swirls, the 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 black cherries, beautifully presented, and I tasted it." And thought, I'll get the hit in a minute. And thought, oh, my God, I haven't felt that was a real. So seven years in, that was the, and that was a bit seven years. You kind of go, oh, my God, I'm not falling off the the wagon in inverted commas. After seven years, it's not happening. I'm not going to then say that mocktail was delicious. And you know what? I'm going to try the cocktail. Yeah. And it was here. Mm-hmm. Mm, forget and then when she came she said oh, would you like another one like they do of course I went no I'll just have a diet coke please and that was it I went back to fizzy 
water, <laughs> lime and soda, Diet Coke, whatever it is. I must have drunk gallons of the stuff in the last seven years, eight years. Yeah, it's funny. I'm the same, actually. I uh, People say, oh, what do you drink? And more often than not, I I drink um, like Diet Coke or lime and soda. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, ha- I have more recently become a bit more interested in, I guess, what you call mocktails. But for me, yes. I'm, I'm not looking for... Really, I'm not really looking for a realistic tasting alcohol-free gin and tonic. I'm just looking for a really nice soft drink that somebody has thought about when they balance the flavours. Yes. They just create something unusual. I I get really excited about that now. But it's funny because there was a time recently, I think it was a few months ago, I, I was in a um, like a sort of a place where they served a lot of uh, alcohol-free cider and beer and and I was with people that were drinking it and um, you know and they were really enjoying it and to be honest they were a little bit earlier on in their sobriety um, than I am and I remember when I first got sober I did like the alcohol-free beers and things because I still really wanted that sort of treat feeling yes but but three years in um I couldn't think of anything worse than tasting what tastes like a really genuine cider but that's just alcohol free because I don't actually crave that I just have an apple juice if I really wanted those flavors I I agree with you you know what I mean it's it's a complicated thing it's so complicated it is really complicated everybody, everybody feels very differently as well and that and that's you know that's each to their own um and I do understand when people don't want to get triggered um, and that's why I've never been interested in things personally like no secco or anything like that because yeah. I used to love Prosecco because it got me oh. shit-faced <laughs> and that's it yeah. like it was strong yes. uh, and it yeah. got me drunk but to quench my thirst the taste of Prosecco just doesn't do it I'd, I, no. I, I'd much rather have you know just a nice cold soft drink um, yeah. so yeah it's, it's a funny one isn't it it is a very funny one very very odd one I must admit so it feels a bit kind of normally I would say um how did you get sober and describe your first 100 days but Jackie because you've absolutely nailed eight years that feels (laughs) like maybe not the greatest question in this scenario so (laughs) can I could I just ask um for you what are the benefits that Mm. you've noticed being sober and how they might have changed over the last eight years. Yeah, I, I, I think it's interesting because I think what drew me to your journey and your story was, a, I think you put up a snap about how, what you used to do and what are now, you get up, you wake up, you don't have the hangover. You, I think you'd gone to London and you'd, you'd done something in the evening and the next day you were up and you were sightseeing. I think for me, I could so empathise with that. The idea that I could enjoy waking up feeling oh wow I'm I'm not hungover I feel good I'm refreshed I you know I'm I look better I'm not puffy I'm don't have a headache I don't feel out of control I don't then think oh god who have I got to kind of talk to to say was I embarrassing last night or what had happened or was had something happened that I'd kind of fallen over or one of the kids are rolling their eyes going, oh, mum's drunk again or mum's pissed again or or whatever. In a, Particularly my daughter would tutter and, and roll her eyes at me. It, that, for me, was the greatest benefit of waking up clear-headed and being able to go, right, I'm getting on with my day. Whatever it is I'm doing, I don't have to think about. It's one less bit of baggage that I have to think about. Um and that was, still is a huge gain. I'm a I'm a morning person. I think I've always been a morning person. But when you're a morning person, so naturally I would wake up early. I would think, oh god, the room's spinning. Oh god, I feel <laughs> ill. Oh god, I feel sick. Where am I? Not. I don't mean that in a in a sinister way. But oh, okay, I'm at home and I got to bed okay and that's fine and I did sleep. And did I trip over? Did I fall over? What do the kids think? I don't have to think any of that. Yeah, they've 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 grown up and they've all got their own lives now. But I see my steps, younger stepson, a lot, and I think to be able to be 
clear-headed around all of it has helped so much get so much more out of life this is the one shot I've got at this and I think in some ways with my dad having been ill and then because of Covid and not being able to see them as much and support my mum with my dad slowly you know he he's, he's kind of he was ill for four or five years I was able to think good and I don't even have to think about I, I've got to we've got we're going to drive to Norfolk do I need to go on my own? I can't drive because I'm still feeling hungover or am I still drunk from the night before? Actually, I don't have to think any of that. None of that baggage is with me. I can kind of process what that looks like. And I know it is, my mum didn't want to call it awake. It was almost like after party things. <laughs> it was really odd, but that's my mum. Um, we went, um, so we were, we were here, the kids were all here and uh, she was she was almost like, well, of course you're going to have a toast to your dad. And I went, no, I'm not. I I had a soda and lime, I think, and we everyone was, you know, drink drinking. There was all sorts of booze and a couple of cousins who I probably hadn't seen since the previous funeral um, said, oh, are you still you're still not drinking, Jack? I said, oh no, no, oh good for you, kind of well, you know, well done. And another cousin I hadn't seen for years went, oh, you're not drinking in that way it's your dad's funeral well okay who cares I'm not drinking so I think it's it's that shift in people don't yeah people I haven't seen for a long long time no, nobody even mentions it anymore my mum stopped buying a bottle of wine hoping that maybe I'll turn up and go I'll have a glass <sighs> she goes oh she'll say to my husband oh do you want some because I know Jax doesn't drink and I'll go, have you got a Diet Coke, Mum? And I'll have a Diet Coke. And that it's that that bit, that's the story. And it's never, never really talked about because the elephant in the room was mm. my dad and his family who were alcoholics. Um, and they were. And the story, you know, there's a there's a family photo of him. A real exuberant character was my great granddad who he had a pig on a lead. I mean, that's really normal for Norfolk, isn't it? The, the show, this pig on the lead with his top hat on. And I'm sure he was drunk. So it's that, that bit where, <laughs> that bit where you kind of go, I aspire to be like that. Really, do you? That kind of two conversations with myself. And you're almost like, really? That, that bit? No, I don't. Yeah. And it is the elephant in the room is that I, I knew very young that I came it was never it was yeah it was the elephant in the room and it was kind of my dad had second cousins because having a mum who was the youngest of 11 obviously there was siblings and, and children and cousins and second cousins from all of these other relatives and loads of them were alcoholics okay and a, and a second cousin drank his they come from a family of farmers drank his family fortune away and um, another second cousin who I always, he, you know, very challenging, difficult personality who was the life and soul, would would pour himself into the pub, pour himself out of the pub, guide of alcohol poisoning over the years in, into his 80s, just would lay in bed in the last couple of years and, and drink himself away. It kind of go, I don't want to be like that. I oh, want to live my life. Yeah, yeah I, don't just want, I just want to live my life. Um, and not have alcohol be a part of that. So yeah, that's that's my goal. Um, it's funny, isn't it, when you talk about um, that clear-headed feeling? Yeah. Um, I, I I'm always surprised that three years in. Yeah. I literally wake up every day grateful for that feeling. And I, yeah. and, and think, I, I feel quite emotional right. about it hearing yeah. you say that. I, I, I think seeing your stories, that kind of tapped into mine. And I, do, I feel emotional now talking about it. That actually I hadn't, I, I was kind of grateful for it but, it. but it's almost like when you see someone else talking about it, you go, I forgot I felt like that because oh. I'm I'm kind of used to it now. Yeah. I I eight years. Yeah, I'm I'm 58 this year. So you could say, yes, I didn't start drinking when I was a baby. I, I was kind of in my late teens. So you kind of go that big chunk of life. Yes, I did some great things when I was sober, but I've got a picture of me on the top of Ayers Rock. You can't even climb Ayers Rock now. And I know I was drunk 
And it was, you know, me and my friend with, yeah, because I can tell from my stance that I was drunk. Yeah. And you kind of go, okay. Mm. I think I probably was drunk for most of the time I was in Australia. There was something there about letting go of... I'm totally totally with you there. I I travelled Australia for a year and I was just wasted the whole time. Yeah, and I I think there's something about being away and and being being freed up Mm. to do what you want to do and you just get away with it can't you you can get away with it because you're in a different country around different people and it's like a free pass to just going mad it is however many months yeah Yeah, it's funny that isn't it i i actually managed to climb airs rock as well back in so i yeah i went in 2000 seven so you must okay. do it then I didn't realize you couldn't do it now but. no you can't do it now my daughter went she's she's not long been back again she's just come back from a from a month away she went with a a, a boyfriend or partner about three or four years ago and you couldn't and they okay. just stopped it and she said you could see where and I said oh here look and the, I showed her the photo with the rails up and she went oh my god mum and then I've got a photo of me at the top and I don't I say I was drunk. I don't know if I was drunk, but I was probably still drunk from the night before where we were partying mm. and going right, but climbing up the next day and got up quite early and climbed up and I'm at the top. So, yeah, I, I, I think, yeah. Yeah. And it was a real culture. I used to hang out with lots of people who um, were Irish uh, and you'd, you'd be down the pub and they'd be singing and dancing and the spoons and, and, the crack and you you not if you had to drink you just drank that was yeah. what you did what you did what else are yeah. you gonna do you well, <laughs> yeah. yeah no I really I really relate to that um I'm interested in your children because obviously they um if I've understood correctly they would have remembered sometimes when you were drinking and then you obviously yeah. stopped drinking how did their attitudes change towards you or you know were they aware of how much of a big thing it was I, to stop I, drinking back then I I think they probably were I think the impact of me being out with them um, and uh, my daughter being quite protective of her two younger brothers she would roll her eyes and go, oh, mama, you hung over. And I'd go, yeah, you know, I've, I've been out. I've had a few beers. I've had a few, a few whatevers. Um, and that would be, I would go home and I would think I, I've sobered up now. They're coming back with their dad and we'd got into a routine of that. And I would be like, oh, I've got a bit of a headache still. And she'd, she'd know, she'd, instant, she'd instantly know. And I think once I stopped, she was clear, maybe more so than the boys because they're a bit younger. She was clear. You're a nicer person. You're a better person, kind of undercurrent. That's interesting. Yeah. And that you're more... You're more with us, Mum. You're you're not you're not off in your own world, and then being ever so loud and being ever so and and they're they're easily embarrassed. Maybe all kids are easily embarrassed by their parents, but they were they more so? I don't know. I, that's a hard thing. If you parallel journey and you look at yourself and you go, no, they're just kids going, oh, for God's sake, mum. You know, it may have been, what are you wearing that for? God, how embarrassing, kind of that thing. You know, you turn up to the school gate, whatever. So there was something there about, she liked me better sober. I don't know. I'd have to ask her and I never have. I've, I've, I can't say I've never had the courage I've never, maybe that is the word, I've, I've never had that. I've had the cards on the table, I've stopped drinking and I'm never going to drink again. Now, I probably didn't say it like that. It's just like I don't feel very well from the gyneop and mm. actually it's, I don't like the taste of it. And maybe once this kind of HRT stabilises, you know, six, seven months, maybe I'll have the odd 
beer down the pub or the odd glass of wine and kind of carried on from that oh you're drinking no and and you know she does um, mm. and seeing her seeing one of her stories this last weekend she'd gone to a friend's birthday as I was saying earlier and it was like oh I'm so hungover I'm like oh thank god that's not me and also that bit about not I worry for her because I don't she's got a very sensible head on her but I do worry about my younger son um he about about them drinking yeah I him in particular he's very similar to me some of some of how he wants to socialize is to feel confident to chat and 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 to be part of the social scene he drinks yeah now interestingly he he lives in a houseboat um, and they had a they had a drinks on the jetty, and they would often. And then I thought, that's it. He's going to get so drunk he'll fall in the water. <laughs> and I think one of the friends did when he said, "Oh, he fell in, Mum. We had to lift him out." And I'm like, "Okay." So they all kind of like each other enough to go, "Oh, we're not going to go. Are you going to sink?" They lifted him out, and then other people left and went to a different marina. And he said, "Oh, we don't have so many of those anymore. Those drinks on the jetty." And I was going, yes, "Yeah, God, good." <laughs> I'm so pleased. And some of that is because I worry about him, but also some of that is because of the genetics, you know, that kind of, yeah, you're a bit isolated. You're a bit, oh, I'm going to be out there socialising with people. So, yeah, I I think I prefer myself when I'm not drinking. And so I kind of think they probably do too, if that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, definitely. Um, Yeah. It's a whole other ball game, isn't it? Experiencing yes. your children drink. I I am quite a way off that, but I yes. already, yeah. I already I, think I, I, about I, that and how. Yes, I'm and I'm, I'm, I'm that much older. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, obviously, yeah. My I've I've got like I said, 27, 23. My, one of my youngest is twenty one, and, and my husband's eldest is twenty one, and then his youngest um, is nearly seventeen. So it's that bit of they're all of an age where that's part of their growing up and that's what they do um yeah Yeah. and I remember my middle one going through I said what have you got the cut on your head for and he said oh I had a few beers mum and I was trying to climb up a bus shelter and get onto the top and I'm like oh my god but he's my middle child sensible one he's like yeah I have the old glass of wine mum and he's he's kind of settled down. They 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 always tease him for being settled down. But yeah, he's he's got his degree. He's doing um, film and and stuff, working for Apple TV, and you know. So he's he's kind of the much more mature of the other two. Are like, yeah, let's have a few bit. And I'm like, okay, please don't. But yeah, I've got yeah. to be quiet and let them do their journey because it's not my journey; it's That's their right. journey. Yeah, I totally agree. I completely dread it, mine, but I do totally yes. agree. Yes, <laughs> yeah, yeah. it's let, letting them go and making their choices oh, and their mistakes yeah. and their errors. Yeah. And they know enough about, you know, my great-granddad. Oh, where's the pig on the lead picture, Mum? You know, that kind of, he was the, the, the local alcoholic. So they know enough about, and they're smart enough, I hope, to think, yeah, maybe that's genetics as well, so we've got to be careful. Yeah, so, yeah, bless them. So we're getting towards the end now, but what would you say were your top three tips for staying sober? Yeah, I think initially, and I I didn't think about it at the time, but now I reflect on it and I thought about the questions as as I think I'd said to you on the on the message. Oh God. Um I I think I did it a day at a time. I went, right, that's and and I kind of did keep her that's day four or that's day 10 or that's day 12 or that's that's a weekend when actually there's going to be alcohol around and I don't want it and I would stick with it I'd decide early on I wouldn't decide right I'm there now and the bottle of wine has been opened um oh and I now better decide I would be clear I'm not drinking today and that's a good day. And I'd go to bed going, that's another day. I, I didn't go to AA. I didn't go to any programs. I just kind of went, right, we'll do it a day at a time. And I and I think how I did it, now I reflect on it, and, and I am literally as I'm talking, after my daughter, um, I'd, I'd, 
I, I'm I'm just someone who is quite small, who when I have babies, I put on enormous amounts of weight. I feel sick the whole time. And the only thing that would stop it is eating. So I would eat the whole way through. And I went on a diet and I lost weight and I would have a good day and I'd go, right, that was a good day. I ate all the healthy things and, oh, and I've lost weight. So that's my, and, and I would do a day at a time. And I think I thought, oh, you lost the weight that time with my firstborn. And I, so, you know, you can do that. So let's do it a day at a time with this. Um, and I wanted to be present in the moment. And yeah. I still feel like that. And I think, so a day at a time. And the other would be try and be in the moment and not get caught up in what might happen next. Because it, it sometimes is very difficult, particularly initially, not so much now, but particularly initially, because I would go to places and I would see people who would be people that would say, oh, I've opened the wine, I've got you the wine that you like, you like the fizzy Australian wine. I'm not drinking. What, what do you mean you're not drinking? We've opened the bottle now. I'm not drinking. Oh, okay, then we'll we'll drink it. I went, yeah, yeah, yeah. What, well, what do you want? Diet Coke, fizzy lemon, whatever, soda and lime, cup of tea. And then it kind of became a bit of a standard joke. Oh, Jackie wants her cup of tea and we'll have the we'll have the fizzy wine. Okay. And then gradually a couple of people I don't see anymore because they that was their world. Not they were alcoholics, but what they do when they're relaxing is they drink and I don't. <laughs> so I didn't. And, and, you know, my parents were like, oh, we've got you. They've stopped. As I said earlier, they've stopped buying the fizzy wine. And if my mum has got it, she'll ask my husband, who kind of goes. He's ended up sober because kind of where we go isn't like we're going down the pub and we're going to sit by the river. We might go to the pub and sit by the river, but we'll both have a Diet Coke or soda and lime. And that's what we'll do. And we'll, we'll maybe see some people we know and they might be drinking, they might not, but we socialise differently, if that makes sense. And yeah, I, think, I think some of it is that... I don't mean consciously cutting out people, but that may be what some people have to do. I ended up doing that by by kind of how it happened, if that makes sense. Yeah. Because I would go and they'd go, you're having a cup of tea? Okay. Yeah. And they'd roll, they'd roll their eyes. Not their vibe. Um, yeah. And and yeah. what they're doing is not your vibe. Absolutely. Um, so it, it it shifted the friendships yeah. and it shifted it shifted kind of where where and what's happening and I know when I started this job a couple of times um you know in the last six seven eight months people said oh you know we're gonna meet up after for drinks oh yeah that's fine that's great good yeah you and I'd say and this is maybe another tip you know I don't drink oh. you, say it, you say it up front basically you get that you say out. it up front yeah. absolutely and so the people I work with now and I've, I've come from you know knowing other people um, and part of that journey was, you know, I was drinking initially and then I wasn't. And so I would go out with them and they'd go, oh, you don't drink, do you? And I'd go, no, I don't. Now, with these people, they're great. They're nice people. We went to a couple of meals and a couple of pubs. Um, and I, they said, oh, we're going to meet after work or we're going to go and then have a quick one and then go on and get a meal or maybe do something later. And I said, yeah, that that, that sounds great. Yeah, it'd be really nice. Thanks for inviting me. I'm new. I'm kind of, you know, you're a you're a not not in a nasty way but they're a clique of people who've known each other for a long time and and I'm coming in and they invited me they didn't have to I wouldn't have known um and I said oh I, but I don't drink oh, what do you mean you don't I said I, well, I drink but I don't drink alcohol oh oh okay and then a couple of them said oh we're oh you, you were alcoholic or something Jackie and oh. I said no I don't think so I said, but I don't like the taste of it anymore and I've drunk enough, you know, in one lifetime. That's I've done mine and that's enough now kind of thing and made a bit of a joke of it all. Mm. And so when we got there, I think not everyone was drinking because they had kids to go back to or they had cars and some of them said, oh, and no, I have one glass of wine, I'm on the floor. So you kind of go, oh, we're lightweights anyway, Jackie. And I'm thinking, oh, yeah, back in the day we'd be here, whoop, whoop. <laughs> and I had the Diet Coke and a couple of other people had the Diet Cokes. But I know at Christmas... Lots of people stayed at the, the hotel and it really did feel 
invigorating to go. I don't drink. And I would go up and most people were drunk and I was sober. And I was kind of, yes, <laughs> I, I can do this. Yeah. And I am feel so good. Not in a, I'm an evangelist. Whoa, mm. I don't mean that. And I don't even mean I'm laughing at people being drunk. I'm like, I'm having a lovely time with people I don't know. So this would be a real trigger for me. I can socialize and be okay without drinking. And some of that's my own journey. I'm, I'm also in therapy. I've been in therapy for a long, long time, just around. And recently, more recently, I kind of over the years gone in and out and in and out. Mm. More recently, because my dad died and kind of coming, having a bit of a journey with that story um, and the role alcohol is played in all of that. And some of it is being comfortable with who I am. It's taken me a long time to get to that point. Yeah, I know I, I, I alcohol that, to help me with that. I think that is so common, um, that yeah. feeling. I, I, I've listened to a few podcasts recently and um, I can't remember which one. It was one, I think it was a Veronica Valley, Soberful, who I just think is okay. amazing. Yeah, but yeah. She, she was interviewing somebody and this person was saying that basically the root of nearly all drinking is that people don't feel good enough. Yes. And it's so yes. true. I mean, like this, yes. what, what you've been saying pretty much all the way through your um, story is that you drank essentially to try and fit in. That, yeah. that, that's a big, big part yeah. of your story. And that yeah. feeling of being in that um, Christmas party and that just pure internal elation comes yes. from standing there in that moment knowing that you okay you might not be fitting in with people drinking but you fit in enough to stand yes. there strong and say I don't yes. want alcohol I don't need and, it and, and I didn't go home early as well yeah. because I have done that in the past I've gone to an event and thought oh I don't fit in probably early on and thought I'll go hi yeah have a coke and I'll kind of slink off where this time you know I wasn't partying till dawn but I was there quite late lots of other people said they are going to party till dawn because they're literally going upstairs to sleep and I kind of hadn't thought that through enough it's literally down the road I don't drink so it doesn't matter I can drive home and I know I've got pictures of that there was a big fog had descended and I was stone cold sober with photos of me in the fog thinking not I've not got the fog the fog is and wow that crystal clear clarity. clarity yeah absolutely yeah oh thank you so much for oh, that you're welcome. Absolutely thank you wonderful chat and just your story is so rich and there are so many dimensions to it and uh i yeah i say i feel like i say this all the time now but i really think it will help people hearing your story yeah i hope i hope it does because i think for me as I was saying, I was kind of oh, I'm getting a bit anxious and I thought, no, actually, it, it's a conversation for me to have to support other people because it is possible to be absolutely the other side and, and a good few years the other side and not think, oh, I want it or I miss it or, you know, it's OK to have and not be ashamed of having done it either. And I think so, yeah. I, initially I was like, oh, my God, oh, I did that. And oh, my God, and I couldn't look at the photos where more recently I found them and I sent a few to the kids and they were like oh my god mum were you drunk yeah absolutely I was I was in Australia like you said why wouldn't I be oh I'm sure they're super proud of you yeah, bless them we <laughs> are yeah oh Good. well thank you so much you're, you're um, very welcome until next time everyone thank you thank you so much for listening to this podcast if you're interested in being a guest, please contact me directly on Instagram by sending a message to at Sassy Sober Mum. You can also find helpful tools and resources on my website, sassysobermum.com. If you enjoyed the podcast and you want to spread the love, please like, share and rate the podcast. I really look forward to next time. See you then.